1: What is up on a Monday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippey Rides Podcast. It is our Memorial Day selection show reaction with Colin Brister. Ole Miss sneaks into the field of 64 in the Coral Gables Regional with Miami, Arizona, and Kinesis. We break down what happened, how Ole Miss managed to get in, and what was a pretty eventful week for the bubble, as you had about six bid stealers, and uh, most people had Ole Miss on the outside looking in. So how would they get in? How much did John Cohen have to do with it? Who got left out and why and what it means going forward and kind of putting the short-term future uh, and balancing out with the long-term future of the program. And if this kind of changes anything for Mike Bianco and all of that, it does not. But I uh, got into a lot of that, broke down the field as a whole. We will make picks later in the week and have a regional preview, um, a more in-depth one later in the week, probably coming on Wednesday or Thursday. So this was more about the reaction to – season as a whole them sneaking in as the last team in the field and uh what it transpired over the last week so good conversation as usual uh, buckle up but before we get to that one to remind you the podcast is brought to you by skybox sports Picks. who is skybox sports Picks? well glad you asked They're the world's best gambling handicapping website the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top in sports handicapping industry. If you're into wagering, you need to check these guys out. They're going to have a picks package to fit your price range, whether it's month-long, season-long, go you know, all sports, sports-centric. But they're going to lead you to profit more consistently than your own brain. You don't want the bookie texting you on Monday, Sunday night, Monday morning, adding to the scary so start the week uh, asking to square up. You want to be texting the bookie asking where your supplementary income is coming from skybox is going to help you do that check them out skyboxsportspicks.com. go select a picks package maybe buy some merch and then type in the promo code Rippy r-i-p-p-e-e that'll get you 20 percent off any purchase and let them know we sent you they're absolutely the best handicapping service in the world you need to use skybox it's an investment and they will make you money in the long run check them out skybox sports, podcast is also brought to you by lb's university avenue there in oxford go see greg if you're a Rippy Ride subscriber, that's rippyrides.substack.com. You get a free newsletter from me a couple times a week and discounted meats. Right now it's a 16-ounce prime strip for 20 bucks and a $5 pack of sausage. Just go in there, show him proof of subscription, snag that, and then snag all your own favorites. It is grilling season. It is Memorial Day, perhaps the peak of all grilling season. Greg wants to make your grilling experience great. If he doesn't have it, he will get it for you, but they bought all kinds of delicious stuff there, different cuts, fresh seafood, sausages. Uh, Filet burgers are a personal favorite of mine. Go check them out and find your own favorites at LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. All right, here is Colin Brister on Ole Miss sneaking into the field of 64. How it happened and what it means. All right, we now welcome on Rippy Wright's baseball correspondent Colin Brister. Well,
2: never. Um, so, I, right, we we said on our last podcast they're so in and they're in. Moving on.
1: Yes, nothing there, nothing to see here. Uh, Ole Miss makes a <laughs> field of 64. I'm sure most people listening have seen the bracket by now. It is the Rebels are in the Coral Gables, Coral Gables Regional as the three seed. They will face Arizona. And then, obviously, that is hosted by Miami, who is uh, playing Kinesis. Is that how you say it? Kinesis? I think it's Kinesis. Kinesis. S-H. Yeah. Yeah, to show you how broken my brain is, is I just always assumed that school was in Kansas because it sounds somewhat remotely close to Kansas, but that's not so, the
2: case at all. Uh, interesting fact, Ole Miss will actually play the second game of the day. Uh, Miami chose to play the first game.
1: Yeah, I was going to get to this in a second. That's a that's a real problem for at least one half of this podcast. I am in a wedding <laughs> In Little Rock, uh, Arkansas. Um, and I was hoping the Rebels, because I took the day off of work to get over there to get to the rehearsal dinner. And I lived in Little Rock for a summer. I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed that town just to hit some old places um, and kind of piddle around a bit. So that's going to be a real issue. Do I – I mean, look, I'm not just like – I still somewhat make money doing this. Like, I'm not just some random guy. I can put my phone in between my legs at that thing, right? That's acceptable. Yes,
2: yes, yes. You are in more weddings than any human being I've ever known. I guess you have a lot of friends.
1: <laughs> yes, sick flex. I'm in a ton of weddings. I have tons of friends. Um, no, it's just that kind of that prime season. Um, like that prime age. I don't know what I'm 27. Geez, that's yeah. say. Um, that's uh, <laughs> I'm kind of in that prime range where people are getting married. Really, these last two cycles, like the last two years, have been really it's kicked up. But um, yeah, I was hoping the rebels would get the um would get the early game. But uh, I guess at least we got content. Uh, beggars can't be choosers in that sense. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to have that on going on the phone during the rehearsal dinner. It's a bunch of – Ooh, articles. what about during the wedding if they get in the winner's
2: bracket game? What are we doing there?
1: Well, I am probably – well, see, I thought this through. I thought about taping a phone to the back <laughs> of the head who's standing – because I can't do it because I'm, I'm not sitting down, right? I'm in this thing. Yeah, yeah. I am not a tall guy, so I imagine I will be on the first row of whatever that can is. We,
2: can we get some AirPods in the ears and maybe listen to DK?
1: That is that is potential. That is potentially on the table. Might bring back the old uh, transistor radio with
2: the earpiece. No, you you can listen to your phone. You can listen to it on your phone. So we can just put the phone in your pocket and get some Bluetooth AirPods, and, and you can listen to DK on the app.
1: I like that, although if uh, they are taking photos uh, – I, I know uh, people in particular about their wedding photos, and if they are taking photos of them on the altar and then I am somewhat in the shot with a, just a random earpiece in, I feel like the bride could be uh, potentially upset about that. Not,
2: are you saying they're not big college baseball fans?
1: They are, So this is predominantly – both of these people went to Ole Miss, but they are both from the oh. Rock, so it's a predominantly uh, Arkansas crowd. So, maybe – maybe we'll all, I don't know what time Arkansas plays. Maybe that will be on the table as well. Who knows? Maybe just delay the wedding. That could also be on the table. I thought about slipping the uh, – the one of the ring bearers, like one of the kids who sits on the front row or something, like a 20 to just hold up a, a screen for me for most of the time. But I do You know can just
2: I- hold up – yeah, the, the, at least the stat broadcast. You can just see it change.
1: Yeah, and you can't get mad at him because he's seven. Like, I should know better. <laughs> like, they don't know what's happening. They're like, he's seven. You? That's not his fault. I gave Yeah, him exactly. Shit. Use the kid as a shield from uh, any and all responsibility and priority, uh, missile on priority. So, I don't know what I'm going to do there. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But like I said, beggars can't be choosers because the Rebels are in the field, and we, oh, wow. jumped, yeah, we jumped at the top, never a doubt. Let's just take me because you. we were texting throughout the week. You had that spreadsheet that I know quite a few people looked at and used, did a good job updating it. I thought you did a great job outlining the case for Ole Miss making it. I believe you left it at on Thursday when we recorded or Wednesday night. There's 70% in. I believe that's kind of the terminology used. Yeah. That went from 70 to 2 to 100 in a matter of three days. Kind of take me through the week of what was a bad week for the um, book. Let's start there. It, so, it, it, right. I didn't think the Rebels were in because why? Uh, so, so, say that again. So, I, I probably framed that terribly. We did not think the Rebels were in going in today because um, blank.
2: Uh, Because I thought they would have North Carolina State in. Uh, I being one. Um, and it just kind of – so, to, here's what I felt like today. I thought there were seven teams for three spots. Um, I'm trying to remember off my head because I don't have my computer with me. But it, it was Liberty, um, Wofford, Rutgers, Ole Miss. Dallas Baptist, um, and I'm trying to remember. There, there, there were two more. And, and I thought Ole Miss could uh, UTSA and Old Dominion. And I, I, I personally, if I'm honest with you, I had Old Dominion ahead of Ole Miss. Um, I had UTSA ahead of Ole Miss. Um, and I had Liberty ahead of Ole Miss. So I, I, didn't, I didn't really think there was much of a shot because the, the bubble – What? and here's what's funny. It actually didn't. Um, the bubble supposedly shrank yesterday, and well, you look back, and frankly, every bid stealer won outside of East Carolina, and what we now know was North Carolina. Um, so, so the bubble really didn't shrink because all the bid stealers won, and and well, I guess I guess it, it did shrink for teams not Ole Miss, um, but it, it just felt like they ran out of room. Quite frankly, it it felt like that there were just not – was not enough room for a team that's resume usually gets in. And that's what – that's why I, we we turned this off on Wednesday. I said, I think they're in because their resume just usually says they're in. They they won 15 SEC games. They have a top 40 RPI. That is usually in. So, like I said, there were, you know, seven teams, um, three spots. I just, just didn't feel like there was, was a lot of options left. It just didn't feel like that – there was enough room, and, and, and but they had this resume uh, where 15 wins, top 40 RPI, 95% of the time gets you in, but it just felt like uh, at the end it closed in on Ole Miss and they weren't going to be able to get in. But um, I guess credit to the committee that, that they have a qualifier that SEC teams have to meet, and Ole Miss met it, and by God, they put them in.
1: Yeah, and uh, what you really mean there is credit to John Cohen for looking out the interests <laughs> of Mississippi State. Uh, that probably didn't hurt the Rebels' chances um, or at least served as part of a reason why it probably didn't hurt that he was in the room. But, yeah, that's the where I kind of – was an interesting week because, like you said, when we got done recording Wednesday night, I thought they had a decent chance. Like, it was – I felt like there was a disconnect when – I think D1 came out with projections on Thursday morning uh, as we released this podcast and they had Ole Miss, I believe, as the third-to-last team in the field. I think they were the 62nd team is the way they framed it. I thought at that point there was a bit of a disconnect between where the Rebels were being projected and what their actual resume was. As you just outlined, a top 40 RPI, 15 SEC wins, that gets you in the tournament in most years. Um, this one was a little bit different. You know, I guess the SEC wasn't as strong as it's been – in years past particularly from a kind of top to bottom standpoint but I feel like there was a little bit of a disconnect between where the Rebels were being projected and where they what like what their resume was and then it seemed like things kind of did not go their way on Saturday in particular a little bit on Friday and I guess the combination of those two things and kind of how that played out By the time yesterday hit, I just kind of assumed they were out. I didn't keep up with hardly – I didn't keep up with any college baseball on Sunday. Uh, I played golf at a place that didn't have cell service, which is actually kind of nice in a way. But I was just operating under the assumption of uh, I was going to wake up on Monday, kind of do the Mike Bianco thing. I actually woke up this morning and started writing it. We'll say – and this is for another part of the podcast, but uh, I didn't delete it per se. We might have just hit save and thrown that in another folder. But I was just operating under the assumption that, yeah – they left it to chance, and that chance kind of screwed them with the way the uh, everything else played out this week. And then all of a sudden, a couple hours later, it's like, okay, it sounds like they might be in, and then boom, they're in. It was a uh, certainly a roller coaster ride of a week.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be honest. When Louisiana Tech beat Old Dominion and Gonzaga lost to San Diego, um, I believe on Saturday, I um, uh, said so they're done. That's it, um, because I. I a lot of Ole Miss fans and a lot of maybe maybe analysts had, had given up maybe on Friday or Saturday morning. I was like, no, I, th- I still think they're okay. They're going to have to have a little bit of help. And, you know, Dallas Baptist loses and Liberty loses. And it's like, ah, that's tight. And I'm like, I-, I think they're probably on the last two lines right here. Um, and then Gonzaga loses. Louisiana Tech wins. And it's just like, I-, I-, I don't know how it happens at this point. And then even yesterday, you, you know, Yes, what's funny about yesterday is, like, you thought you had all these bid-stealers, right? Like, Wofford gets beat twice. It's like, oh, well, that's probably a bid. It's like, uh, Rutgers gets beat. Oh, that's another bid. And then um, someone else wound up getting beat. I can't remember exactly who. Louisiana uh, Lafayette went. To. It's like, wow, three bids get stolen yesterday um, on top of uh, three on Saturday. It's like, wow, there's six bid-stealers. I don't know how old Miss survives it. And I did it Um, Because I, I pretty much said I, I don't understand how they're going to get in. Um, with, with six essential bid stealers um, turned out what's funny is so NC State on Saturday night eliminates uh, Pitt Pittsburgh right who was a bid stealer and you're thinking oh well that's that's good for them at least one bid stealer is gone well and then NC State credit to them for Ole Miss standpoint doesn't win the ACC title and they get left out so they eliminated a bid stealer and then didn't steal a bid so um, thankful for the Wolfpack today but it's just crazy. I, I, look, I'm not going to get too far into this. I will, don't know the justification that they're using to put NC State out and Ole Miss in, but uh, I'm I'm thankful they did it. Yes,
1: I I would agree with you there. And then you had Alabama that was gonna kind of potentially become a problem if they continued to win. Yeah, Texas has the comeback on Friday and beats them 12 to eight, and then Florida gets them on Saturday, and like that was one of the few. Slivers of good news. It felt like for Ole Miss on Saturday, but that came so early in the day. By the time the the end of Saturday hit, I was like, "Does this is it going to matter?" At that point, I was kind of in the same same boat as you. And so it was like, "Do you think there was adjusted? Like, do you think it was vindicated?" I don't want to say you were vindicated, but you kind of laid out the case on Thursday or Wednesday night of where Ole Miss, like where you thought they ranked. I think you had them the best or second best of nine teams and at that point I think there were what seven spots maybe somewhere in there yeah they have those numbers somewhat wrong but the fact that Ole Miss got in despite having the six bids essentially taken or stolen do you think that that was kind of uh proven true that Ole Miss was probably in a little higher standing in the committee than where they were being projected before the madness happened on Friday and Saturday if that makes any
2: sense yeah yeah so for them to survive the but here's the thing. Um, we thought Wofford was a bid-stealer. It wasn't. Um, we thought, you know, um, we thought Rutgers was a bid-stealer. Them losing was a bid-stealer. It wasn't. Um, so, so, And we thought um, – well, Liberty actually was. Uh, but we thought those two teams were bid-stealers, and they actually weren't because those two teams wind up not getting into the field when everyone had to come check in. But, the, yes, the reality is that – uh the committee had oldness projected a lot higher um than what some of the people making um making the 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 brackets did we'll put it that way I will tell you this and I texted you this last night. Um I started to think they were in last night when um Aaron Fit and Kendall Rogers and Mark Etheridge were doing their their live cast podcast and right before they, they were talking about oldness and um Etheridge and Aaron Pitt both said yeah there's just not room for them and Kendall said yeah I wouldn't have them in but don't be shocked if they're an RPI pick and he and Etheridge just said yeah that wouldn't shock me either and they just kind of moved on I just felt like it, like I don't know that, Where that do you, one made he acquired
1: me think, such information
2: yeah I don't know but that one just kind of made me think huh this is and what made me think that right is this is a team that they had projected as the fourth team out, and then in their final bracket wasn't even listed in their first four out. So when they said that, I'm like that that made my ears perk out, and then it kind of gets out this morning that hey, I think they're in, and then by 10 o'clock you knew they were in. Um, if you if you subscribe to Rebel Grove, I believe they posted it then, um, and and sure enough, they were they were in Miami, I believe. Um, you know that the selection show was 11 and and you found out so uh, it was it was a wild week for sure but I I can tell you that was when I started to last night think oh they've got a shot was when he mentioned them being an RPI pick because I I didn't feel like he just was clueless when he mentioned that
1: yeah exactly that wasn't like uh you could call that like an educated opinion right like he wasn't just floating that out there of just like oh well yeah maybe like that clearly came from a uh I would, like you said, an edge, a place of, you uh, definitely had some information on that basically. And so that's kind of what you have to watch for this time of year is that like those guys that are more con- that are connected nationally, kind of what they say and then like why they say it. It's, it's if you listen carefully enough each year, I feel like you can pick up a couple of uh, a couple of tidbits along the way. And that clearly was the case for Ole Miss, because as you said, right, they weren't even in the first four out in D one's final projections, And do you think there's like if there's a lesson to be learned in this? I think the last couple of years, and really, you probably learn this in some way every year. Do we discount the fact that the college baseball selection committee, and this isn't even necessarily a criticism—I don't even really know what you would call this—more favors are done um, than basketball. Right, basketball is like the 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 kind of like that that process more. Like, right <laughs> you have the selection committee it's very metric driven most of the time the NSA basketball selection committee does a really good job one through 68 of all of them getting in and they're pretty logical yep. as why well. every year I feel like there's helping out the criteria team. changes uh Pal- Paul mineri do you remember sloshnagle and a tcu team got the yeah. missouri team and I don't remember what year that was but that was kind of a screw job I think they had a 50 something rpi when that happened do we kind of I, did we kind of discount the fact that maybe some favors are done with the baseball more often than it is done in basketball?
2: So I, I will never be able to to prove this, but I actually text um, a friend um, that we were talking about this all week. And I was like, I don't think they can get in, but I remember 2019 TCU getting in. And, and that was an absolute ridiculous thing where, where they got in. Um, and I'm not saying Ole Miss got a favor. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works, but I, I just, I don't know how you compare Ole Miss's resume to NC State, and I I know what the guy said. Hey, they they won more series and, and all that. Okay, whatever. I look. I'm glad they got in, and I don't want anyone to to think. Now, here's my thing. is like this this the NC State people are doing the comparison to Ole Miss. Um, what you need to compare it to is Grand Canyon, because there's no way grand canyon should be in this freaking tournament but yet they are um old mess and nc state should both be in over grand canyon um but yes favors get done um 2019 tcu 2021 lsu and i, I i'm not educated well enough to say that old mess got one done um but but it just i'll just say it I, there was there are very few people outside of uh, Swayze, Uh Obviously, those guys want to pee more than me, but outside of Swayze that wanted to miss make this make this tournament, um, and and I don't quite understand how metrically they did, but but I sure am glad they did.
1: Yep, it's uh it was certainly a surprise. Do you buy into? So I saw the Mark Etheridge made this point. I think Kendall hinted at it earlier. You know, there's look I. <laughs> Some TV guy was trying to put together – did you see this on Saturday? It was like – I, kind of arguing with Chase about the Alabama. The Alabama. Oh, my God. And it was just kind of a made-up stat. He was talking about, well, they have more quad one and quad two wins or comparing records. It's like, well – You do – he did have a point in the sense that the committee's not always consistent on the metrics they value, but that also doesn't mean you can just make metrics up. Like, have you ever seen a committee person go on record and just say – or anyone and just say, well, if you combine their quad one and quad two wins, like that's just kind of a made-up stat. Say all that to say, that's not – Kendall and Aaron and uh, Mark Etheridge made this point a couple of times of it looks like on the random metric that's extremely valued this year, non-conference strength of schedule was valued this year. Old Misses wasn't great, but it was 94th. NC State's was 181. Do you buy anything into that? Yeah. Because there is some – ha- You have
2: there. to, and it's not necessarily just Ole Miss and NC State. It's Notre Dame not hosting, um, which you want to talk about screw jobs, by the way. That one was absurd. Um, as someone that is a but- Butch Thompson fan, that that, that one I, – I wow. Um, I don't get that one. And, and over over Florida or Florida over them too. But yeah, it was obvious. NC uh, or uh knockoff or strength and schedule mattered. Um then your old miss is lucky that that it mattered. Um well, Ole Misses is lucky that that theirs was better than the teams that uh, were behind them. And and Ole Miss's wasn't very good. But it uh it was better than, than maybe an N C State or um someone like that. Um
1: Old Dominion, 189. Uh, UTSA wasn't even really on the border in the c- discussion, 177. Ole Miss gets in at 94. That's not exactly a non conference streak of schedule to write home about, <laughs> per se. Um, but like a team like Liberty gets in, and that was 13. They had the 13th hardest yeah. conference. Schedule. It was
2: obvious. That's what they used. That, that yeah. was what they used to separate them. <laughs> What's funny about that
1: is, is Ole Miss didn't have the one, it was the one year in first time it feels like a couple years maybe I'm missing one in there they didn't really have the signature non-conference because right uh, you know, there was no Louisville um you know uh UCF turned out to be bad like it was it's well, kind of ironic in the sense that they were, didn't really we're Ole
2: Miss got a little lucky right um this guy the guy mentioned this was like wins over team in the field they played VCU and they played Southern Miss um and both of those teams are in the field so um Got a little lucky with VCU in that realm, but but they the guy definitely mentioned that they took that number into consideration as well.
1: That's a terrific point. I had actually forgotten about VCU because, honestly, when they had left Oxford and they were a regional team in the 2021 Starkville Regional – they, they were bad. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at. Like, I know it's February and it was week was – that that was week two, right, because they started yes. off with – yeah. So, they were – they honestly, they lost a bunch off that team and they looked terrible. And so, I just – honestly, that was an oversight when I was going through it this morning. I forgot that they had played TCU – or, excuse me, VCU. And that ended up helping them. You're right. They got a little fortunate there. But you want to talk about wins that matter and games that Ole Miss hasn't really won, I would say, consistently in the past. is One, obviously, the Governor's Cup. I think, mattered a little bit. Yes. And that road win on the way down to LSU.
2: Mattered. Um, beating uh, Southern. Oh, they're uh, one win short of not being in the tournament. Like, it, any, if they lost discussion. one more game, they're done.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, that it seemed like that Southern Miss game really, really mattered, which was good. Like, that, 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 felt, that win felt important at the time. You know, Mike didn't really want to admit it from, like, an RPI standpoint when he was asked about it. He was like, we just need the wins. Remember the the way they, they reacted to that win. That was kind of the spark of like, okay, maybe these guys have turned it around a bit. We can get into all that later, but that felt important at the time. And it certainly proved true all the way to the end, because as you said, one less win, and this is probably like, there's nothing to sweat out on Monday, right? Like it, it no. wasn't even a discussion.
2: So here's what annoyed me a little bit with all of this, right? Um, outside of some extreme cases, and I'm talking about 55 plus RPIs. And, I, and this is what I think I actually happened. So Um, if you go 15 and 15 in the league and have a top 40 RPI, you get in, right? Like, and and let's not count the governor's cup and all. Well, actually we are going to count it. you'll see what I mean in just a second. Um, Ole Miss was 14 and 16, right? But had Ole Miss won that game on Saturday in Oxford against Mississippi State and lost the governor's cup, they would have been viewed as 15 and 15. And this is what annoyed me about Kendall and them all week. Um. That game was viewed as a conference game. It is. I, can, I have seen the team sheets that the committee gets. It is included in the conference record. They can claim whatever they want, but I'm telling you it's included. And, and Chase has said that for years. So what annoyed me was if Ole Miss had won the game on Saturday against Mississippi State and lost the Governor's Cup, they would have been projected in by everybody because 15-15 and 15 gets in if you, have a, if you have an RPI that's in range. So I guess that was what annoyed me all week was they weren't counting that as a conference game, and had they counted that as a conference game, it really would not have been a discussion at all. That's
1: a great point, and that was actually what I was going to get to next and ask you is that, one, you're exactly right. I agree with you 100% there. But, like, Kendall and Aaron have done this long enough. The D1 guys have done it long enough. The, I mean, baseball, America, whatever, every national side has done it long enough that they probably, like, under – I don't think it's lost on them that that is counted as a conference game. Sometimes it – Did you think it feels like an oversight by them projecting? Because not every school and every team and every conference has something like that. You know what sure. I mean? Like, it's kind of sure. unique. Um,
2: like but here's my issue. Here's my Tennessee, issue. They, not a bad they, example, they,
1: they, but they don't have a Vandy Governor's Cup sure. style
2: game, right? Alabama and Auburn usually do. I don't think they played it this year. Um, but they count the SEC tournament games. So why do those games in Hoover count, but these don't?
1: Right, no, no, I, 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 get what you're saying. I was just curious if you thought like it's an oversight.
2: Just because- it is, and, it, and I don't think they're doing it on purpose. But right. but it did. I guess my annoyance was had they included that as a win, they would have just put all this in because 15 wins in the regular season usually just gets you in if you got a top 40 RPI. And from now on, I will say this: from now on, if a team has in the SEC has 15 SEC wins and a top 40 RPI, they're in. I mean, it's there's zero proof that that team doesn't get in. Um. Just you're not just backed maybe.
1: up by that list you made earlier in the year, talking about projected, uh, like where the teams were at 13, 14, 15 SEC wins. Was once you got to that 15, I think pretty much all of them outside of what was it, uh, two, didn't. Bama, get plus 20 yeah, years?
2: Bama and Missouri in 15 and 16 because they had 50 plus RPI,
1: right? Yeah, so, I
2: mean, it you get to 15 with a 40 RPI, you're in. I mean, it's so, just that, it, that was proven to that,
1: <laughs> yeah. So never, never a doubt for the Ole Miss Rebels. I want to move on to what it means for Ole Miss, sure. and kind of what the projected. But the last thing I want to take, I, I love a good screw job. So NC State not getting in seems like I think Kendall called it a cool. joke. I would agree with it, there. That's
2: they called it criminal. I sort of
1: agree. It's it, it really, really is, and I'm not. This is not making the case against them at all. But North NC State's non-conference strength of schedule what was clearly valued this year was 181. That's not great. But they were, what, 14 and 15? I think they had one game in the ACC season. That no, week.
2: no, no. Oh, yeah. They, but they won two – they won three games in Durham this week.
1: Right. So that would put them at what? That's 17.
2: 17 and 16.
1: 16. 32, according to right now Warren Nolan, RPI. That's really tough. That's just I, – I, I mean, if, like, that's one of those ones, and you have a couple of these, it seems like every year, every couple of years, where if you actually asked a committee member point blank like they kind of do sometimes on TV afterward with the basketball, they would not be able to explain that away. That's just a oops.
2: Well, they tried. He tried. Um, wasn't a good one. He, no, he talked about NC State not winning. I mean, here it is, man. Grand Canyon got in over them because they have the number 10 overall strength of Scott. And, and, and non-conference. That's what it was. It was, They literally cut teams based off their non-conference strength of schedule. And I think that's why Ole Miss was the last team in. Um, and I know some people are saying that was alphabetical. I, I think looking at those teams, Ole Miss was the last team Um I think had East Carolina or North Carolina won yesterday – or lost yesterday, I don't think Ole Miss would be in there today. Um, but it, they literally cut teams based off the non-conference strength of schedule. And that's what's scary. Um, for teams man it's like you don't know what they're going to use every year so you better just be good at all of it um, you you have no idea what it, they're going to use from time to time and um, unfortunately for NC State this year it was a non-conference strength of schedule because I mean you look at a team like like Grand Canyon I said they were 10th and you mentioned that Liberty's was really high um, 13th, Dallas Baptist the schedule overall right.
1: the, the schedule Liberty was oh I just had it up 41st so still good
2: yeah, Dallas Baptist non-conference strength of schedule, who they had some had on the bubble, was one. Coastal Carolina, who some had on the bubble, was two. FSU um, four. Yeah, uh, it just, you know, well, the FSU, that's their strength of schedule. I'm talking about non-conference. So, that oh, was okay, 28. Yeah. So, uh, it's pretty simple. They they use non-conference strength of schedule to, to differentiate teams, and Ole Miss was lucky enough that theirs fit the criteria. Um, but, man, that, uh, that's tough for NC State. Really, really, really tough.
1: Yes, it is. That is uh, That really sucks. And particularly after – I mean, look, not, not anyone would take this into account in deciding the 2022 NCAA tournament, but as we've just outlined for half an hour, stranger things have happened and favors have been done. They have the COVID screw job last year and get bounced out of Omaha mm-hmm. without actually losing, and then this happens. That's <laughs> – I'd be ready to go – if I were involved with NC State baseball, I would be ready to go uh, fight someone in in Indianapolis.
2: Yes. Or Kansas City, yeah. wherever the hell they Do be. you think the proverbial middle finger that NC State gave to the NCAA last year had anything to do with it?
1: I can't say – I would say it shouldn't,
2: but – No, I'm with you there. And I don't know if it did or didn't, but they basically just said, this is a load of crap. You're screwing our kids and you suck. Which they weren't wrong. Um, but I just it just kinda wonders if, if that's what happened.
1: Uh yeah, no, I'm with you there. And, you know, the last thing I'll say on it too, as far as like the metric standpoint, their overall strength of schedule is twenty six, but their non conference was somehow one eighty one. And I guess that's- if you're looking for a justification, therein lies the issue for the Wolfpack. But I don't know. I mean, you followed this longer than I have. How many times has Ole Miss gotten a huge break from the committee? It feels like it hasn't happened very often. Um, I don't know Never. if they saw their regional draw in 2019 as a quote-unquote break, but that felt fortunate. But 16, they certainly didn't get one when it came down to the last top eight seed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of go on and on. I, I don't think they were screwed in any means by 17, and 17 by not getting in, but they didn't no. the benefit of the doubt. Now they finally got caught a break, and so, like – I don't think old Miss Finch should like apologize for it. Not that I'm no. anyone would, but now it's well. What do you do with it?
2: Yeah. No. Look, um, if you're if you're Tim Elko, if you're Kevin Graham, if you're Justin Bench, if you're Ben Van Cleve or Hayden Leatherwood or anybody like that, man, like you you thought on Tuesday, hey, this might be it for me in an old Miss uniform. This might be the last time I take off this old Miss uniform, um, and thankfully. And, and this is an Ole miss fan is what I'm excited about. Thankfully it's not. Okay, look, there's a lot there's a massive elephant in the room for this baseball program. Everybody knows it. We don't have to discuss it right now. But like I'm happy for those kids because they get to they have a shot. They they have a chance to accomplish every and now look, they made it really, really hard on themselves by the way they played this year. But everything that they wanted to accomplish when when they set out for this year is still in front of them. Um they will I'm sure the goal was to win a national title. They are still able to do that. Um, whereas twenty four hours ago, I don't think either of us projected that they would be able to do that.
1: No, you're exactly right. And you know, not I don't say lesson learned, but I think in hindsight when we were talking about what that game against Vanderbilt meant and like what it mattered for, is we talked about leaving it to chance and like not you know not being in control of your own destiny in that sense. That's what they lost, but I think the best way to call it going forward is the fact that they lost to Vanderbilt on that Tuesday night left them susceptible to – what do you want to call it? Metric roulette? Like, it left them susceptible to – Susceptible to chaos. Yeah, pretty much, and luckily the wheel spun and whatever metric that they really emphasized this year, Ole Miss was – I'd just say good enough. I'm not – 94 non-conference. The schedule's nothing to write home about. Beat some teams in the field, but, like, they – luckily they checked that box – um, but, you know, they could have just as easily not, right? And that's kind of what they left themselves susceptible to as well. When you look at the scope of this team and how they have gotten to this very point that they are right now, it is sort of bonkers to think about because, I mean, this team won three SEC series.
2: <laughs> they Four. Were... Four.
1: Four. Yeah. We got – oh, yeah, I forgot Kentucky. You're right. Four. Yeah. They won four series. They had to go, what, seven and two down the stretch to even have a chance. And when you're sitting there talking about it at at seven and 14, and we were talking about whether they were going to make it to Hoover before that Missouri series, in reality, to actually have like a feel really good about it, they really needed to go eight and one. And to their credit, they came damn close to that by going eight and two. But it feels like two weekends – plus the Auburn series got them into the NCAA tournament. And that just feels like a lot more bad than good, but that's kind of how this sport goes sometimes. It's just kind of crazy to think about that, like, you know, literally six games, two weekends, seven days, however you want to frame it, ten days, pretty much got them in the tournament.
2: Yeah. um, But, so, they got in because two reasons. Um, They finished well, well, let's say like this. They got in for two reasons. The non-conference strength of schedules was better than other bubble teams. And they finished well, um, and you know I know the loss to Vanderbilt happened, and they went actually one and two um, against A and M, so that's one and three. But they won their seven games previous to that, so they finished eight and three or whatever. Um, so I guess that would be seven and three in the eyes of the committee when we talk about last ten. Ole Miss has been screwed at times, and I've been this has annoyed me over the years. Ole Miss has been screwed at times because they quote unquote didn't finish well. It's like the fifty-six games before this SEC tournament matter, and they—they never, you know, LSU in twenty sixteen got a national seed because they finished well, which is a bunch of horseshit. That's another story for another day. Um, so I guess my point is, I'm glad Ole Miss was finally a benefactor of that because, um, for so long they would gotten kind of messed over because they didn't freaking finish well.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and you know, I—I I don't know. I mean, it—it—it—it—they. It, Fell on the right side of chaos, basically, is kind of the way to sum yep. it up. And so now what does this mean? Because I uh I went on the uh rebelgrove.com message board for the first time since I don't know, probably like Thursday afternoon, Friday. Um, and it was already uh I'd say some nuance was lacking in the like, should you root for them to lose category root for them not to get in so you you have certainty. Uh, about the Mike Bianco thing I find all of that to be pretty silly Um, I don't think that's a majority of people I think most rational people like can probably find the nuance or at least like kind of understand the nuance of all this I imagine if you're an Ole Miss fan you're just sitting there thinking okay if they make a run cool if they get to the College World Series cool like that that'll be enough to keep Mike Bianco and if not they won't like I I just think this is I don't want to say delaying the inevitable but I don't think getting in versus not getting in changes things other than just sheer having the opportunity to think set it, out the clear expectations that were set in
2: um, February as to what was needed for him to keep his job. What if he wins this and loses next weekend? Yeah, that's fascinating. I, that's, I think, you brought I think that that's up. the gray area, right? That's the gray area. I, I think he's got to get out of this weekend. Well, I mean, I, let's just talk. I, I think he's got to win this weekend. I don't – I don't look, I don't know this. Um, I haven't talked to anybody. I don't have any intel. But it just feels like that, that losing a regional is not going to be enough. Does does that seem fair?
1: Oh yeah, no, I I I'm, I'm, I'm. So we'll call it supremely confident that if they do not make it out of regional, him, this team sneaking in as the last team in the field after being ranked number one team in the country, returning what they returned, them sneaking into the field and playing well for two weeks down the stretch is not going to rectify the utter disappointment that was this 2022 season, assuming that they do not get out of the weekend. Like I'm, I'm talking about it, the hypothetical as if their season ends this weekend in Coral Gables. I, I, I just don't see them being the last team in the field and how that changes anything. Um, I think Keith Carter generally pretty irrational – A, I was about to call him irrational – a rational guy. Um, I don't yeah. think anything. I think that's fair. So, yeah. so
2: that's – so, I think the the notion, and, and most people had accepted this, was that they were going to make a change had they not made the NCAA tournament. And, and to me, assuming they were the last team in the field, um, what you're saying is if you keep him is that, well, we kept him because East Carolina beat Houston. Because if they didn't, this team's not in and he's, he doesn't have it. Does that make sense? Like you're saying, hey, one game in uh, Orlando, Florida, changed the course for this program. And I don't think that, that would be an accurate way um, to describe what Keith Carter is going to do. So, I, I do think this program has to get out of the regional. But the problem – or problem's not the right word. The gray area is what the hell happens if they get out of a regional and don't go to the College World Series? Because I don't think either of us have an answer for that.
1: I uh, I don't have an answer. The Devils – not deb- the one side of the equation is – or one side of the argument is, well, he's now been to Omaha once in – would that be 22 years? Once 22 in years, yeah. yeah. okay, 22. Well,
2: 20, 21, 21 post put it that way.
1: Yeah, 20, Yeah. exactly, 21 postseasons. Um, he would have been one and what? Is that one and eight in Supers now? What a remarkable number. So,
2: 0 oh, and 3, 1 and 2 uh, – wait, no, 0 oh, and 4 one and two so he's one and six right now he'd be one and seven and here's the problem here's the problem right you know who that super would be against it'd be against one of two teams
1: uh that would be lsu or southern miss yeah uh-huh <laughs> boy would that if
2: there is karma right like if karma is an actual thing that cares about sports old miss will win a super regional in baton rouge this year okay
1: Counterpoint: If it's Ole Miss and LSU in a Super, should that Super be played outside the Birmingham Marriott? <laughs> Can I think Could
2: we play it at Hoover for closeness' sake? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. league offices is but, there. A lot of lot of pluses to playing that in a neutral site, but uh, that would just be that would be kind of a a a funny uh, that would just be a funny chapter in the story. I don't even know if it'd be the last chapter. I guess we'd have to see. But yes. Uh, you're right, but like to so the other side of this argument, though, is, and this is again projecting that they get through, if,
2: and I'm not for the record.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not either. But this is a fun road to go down, and it's something that sure. people are talking about. So why not? If they, the other side of it is, are you really going to fire a guy that made three straight supers? Like, nope. it, it is Ole Miss that level of a job? And I'm not saying it's not, but like that, that who else is getting fired for consistently reaching supers? Is anyone else outside of like I don't know? I mean LSU would probably do it. Uh, Texas, maybe a couple maybe. other jobs. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, guys aren't getting fired because they make supers every year. That's kind of the goal.
2: Yeah. That's where it's tough. Um, I guess the – so, I'll say this. I've never been one, and and people have criticized me for this, and that's fine. We just have a difference of opinion. At no point when a season ended have I ever said Mike Bianco uh, should not be the coach, don't miss. Never. In 21 years, I've, I've never said that. And I don't know how I would feel after a Super Regional loss. I would have to sit there and think about it. Um, But I could justify it a little bit more this time than I could in 21 or I could in 19 or I could in uh, 09, 05, 04, excuse me, 09, 07, 06, 05, um, because of the regular season was so poor, I could justify it then a little bit more than I could um, last year in 19 or in those years that I mentioned. Now, I'm not saying that I would be the one to justify it. I don't know. I would have to think. Um, and and I get some people would disagree with me and anything short of the college world series, they want to go and understand that line of thinking. Um, I'm just saying from my standpoint, I could justify moving on a little bit more with a super regional loss this year because the regular season was so poor.
1: And if that scenario were to play out that they get through a regional and don't make it through a super, is there, this is just a guess. I don't have any sort of Intel on this. This is just me playing out a hypothetical, just throwing something out there. Is there a chance that there's a – not even a mutual parting of ways, but, you know, like, hey, Mike, like South Carolina, Columbia is a very nice town to live in.
2: No, no, no. They've already announced that Kingston is coming back.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I saw that. So that, that, that eliminated a – uh, I, I, know, I know you're kidding Do you get what me. I'm getting at? A job like <laughs> yeah. that? Is there any chance that there's a comfortable uh-huh. kind of like, okay, I'll take this other gig? Yeah, please go away. That would require um, a level of self awareness from him, though that has not been shown in the past. A la twenty twenty one meeting with LSU and the way that was handled, though, right?
2: Um, yes, Baylor just opened, by the way. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. That it, that that is the unideal scenario because, like, there's there's two ideal scenarios. If you're if you're Ole Miss or if you're Keith Carter, we'll put it this way: um, you go two and two this weekend, and the decision is easy. Or you go to the College World Series and the decision is easy. Anything in the middle, it's like, oh, my God. Um, so, you know, it's um, – that one's tough. That, and I'm glad that I'm not having to make that decision because I quite frankly don't know what I'd do. Um, it's – man, it's, it's really, really tough if that's the case. Now, long way from that because Ole Miss has got two quality teams in this regional um, and Ole Miss has not shown a propensity to play well over an extended amount of time. Um outside of one weekend in Baton Rouge and one weekend in Auburn. Um so we'll see. Um but I I'll be honest, I I don't look there's a path for them to get out of this regional, but it's very, very, very narrow.
1: Yep, I'm with you there. Um, you know, it's a fun it's a fun road to go down and it's kind of what I mean, it's only natural given the dynamics that were coming into play this season, right, of, you know, how the last couple of years have ended the LSU part of it. It was always about the postseason and getting to another super and then actually getting through it. Um, and so that all that is, you know, fun and interesting to talk about. But, you know, back to reality a bit, this team, uh, like you said, hasn't really performed well over long stretches. Now, the good news, I guess, or the good part about the postseason is – you don't really have to perform all over long stretches, right? Like five wins is going to get you to the College World yep. Series. Sometimes it takes more than five, but you get my point here. You just got to get hot for two weeks. I don't necessarily see it um, by any stretch, but, you know, they gave themselves a chance, and that's <laughs> – I guess you could call it that. Uh, you could say John Cohen gave them a chance. However you want to frame it, they are in the – I'm their- not
2: saying that for the record. <laughs>
1: I'm not saying that either. I'm mostly just, uh, <laughs> mostly just kidding. But they have a chance, although the path to getting there – it's probably a pretty slim one. And we'll preview the regional in greater detail later in the week. But with all of that said, uh, with, with Ole Miss, they didn't get the worst draw. Now, Miami's no. really good. Arizona's a quality team. But in terms of the regional they were in, who it's paired with, it's, it's not the most unreasonable um, draw so, in the world by any stretch.
2: Well, here's what you got. And so w- what's been the knock on the Ole Miss baseball team um, this year, from an offensive standpoint, what have what have they not been able to do that they've been able to do in other years or in most years under Mike Clement? Um, uh, well, hit quality pitching and move runners. Okay, over. hit hit elite pitching. Okay, there's not elite pitching in any of the seven teams that stand in their way to go go to the College World Series. There's not there's there's guys that are good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Miami's got a guy with a three two ERA and um, Arizona's got a kid with a two four ERA. Now, here's the thing about that. Uh, Ole Miss lit him on fire last year. So I'm um, not sure he'll start game one um, against Ole Miss. Uh, I, you uh, mentioned that TJ that, Nichols um, will likely start for Arizona in, in the first game.
1: But you know, I, I, I guess.
2: Or Irvin. Yeah, but I guess my point is there's not, there's not the dude that's like, uh, I can't beat him.
1: So, there's no uh, uh, Decker. There's no Chase Burns. There's no. No, no like, Dolan. Or, there's nothing. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, no, you know, Southern cool. Miss. If they got there, got they have some dudes at Waldrop's Pond, um, and then and then the kid that won the hair, uh, the Ferris Trophy, Tanner Hall, I believe his name. He's good, but there's nobody that just scares the crap out of you. There's nobody that's an elite level arm, or would be an elite level arm in the SEC.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a good point because there's like that. When I mentioned that, I was kind of had that in mind when I was talking about like the favorable draw they got because they're plenty of other places that they could have been stuck where that was absolutely the case. And then I think we'd be having a different conversation about even their yeah, them
2: to Oregon state or, or Stanford. And we yeah, were having yeah. a different combo.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they would have no, I don't think they would have much of a prayer to get out of, uh, I was Stanford was going to be the example I use that they would kind of be toast there. Um, but they weren't. So that's what kind of makes the draw fortunate. And that's kind of how the cookie crumbles in this sport. Sometimes I don't really understand uh, some of the seeding stuff past the top 16 seeds. Like, I look at some of these regionals and I'm like, well, how is that team the number four overall national seed, but that's their two and three seed? I don't think as much organization <laughs> and thought is put into that part of it as uh, some might think. There doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason to it. I know there's some some geographical considerations and things like yeah. that, but I don't think that's the fairest process in the oh. world. I don't even really complain as much as it is an so- observation.
2: So I'll say this: um, you know, usually the thought process is, "Hey, we're we're going to put these teams um, on buses if we can. We don't want to have to fly them." Well, explain to me how this happens. Um, Vanderbilt has drivable regionals, regionals, excuse me, um, with Louisville and North Carolina, and they get sent to Oregon State. Now I'm not complaining because screw Vanderbilt, um, but how does that happen? So I, I don't think geography mattered at all for this. Um, I think they just sent teams wherever they wanted, which I'm fine with. Like it's 2022. There's we have planes, um, but it's just kind of different. Than they usually do it.
1: We do have planes. I'm glad you pointed that part out of it. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're right. It's a uh, you know Ole Miss. We I keep using the roulette wheel example, but Ole Miss kind of came out pretty good on the roulette chaos that was you know where they were being sent and who they were up against. Um, I imagine mm. if, if you're Miami, like. I don't you're think it's troubles by any means, but I, I would be – if I was the head coach of the Hurricanes, I'd be like, really, how, did, how is this fair? Like, I, mean, I don't have another regional example in front of me, but I, I guarantee I could point to four others and be oh. why did they get that two or three seeding? We got to deal with these dudes.
2: So, so yeah, if you're Miami, you're pissed. You know who else is – like, they were pissed last night on Sunday night, but you know who's really pissed today? Notre Dame. Because not only do you not let us host, you send us to the regional that's paired with Tennessee. Thank you. Thank you, Selection Committee, because now we have to go to Georgia Southern and win and Knoxville and win. I sure do. I would rather have Ole Miss's path than Notre Dame's. I think I would, too. It's, what are you going to do? Go to Knoxville and win? Good luck.
1: Yeah, it's a, there doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason to it, and that's, that's, kind of the, uh, that's kind of the confusing part in all of this. But, hey, Ole Miss got a pretty favorite. They, one, got in the tournament, and they got a pretty favorable draw, and that's all you can ask for. I will, as as I just outlined, I don't really, like, I don't necessarily see it, but, you know, there's no elite pitching, and it would be, would it absolutely stun me if Ole Miss no. to this regional? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. They just haven't given me anything beyond, like, a two-week sample size to get some average pitching in LSU and Missouri to lead me to believe this team is anything other than a below average. Baseball all right,
2: team. all right, so here was the great debate of our group message today. Let's pretend they do get through it. Let's just say, that the baseball gods come down and say, hey, Ole Miss is going to win the Coral Gables Regional. And Kennesaw State and Army are not going to win the Hattiesburg Regional. You see where I'm going? Who would you rather play? Where would you rather go?
1: Say that again.
2: All right. So, the the baseball gods come down and say, hey, Ole Miss is going to win the Coral Gables Regional, okay? And then Southern Misses Regional is Southern LSU, Kennesaw State, and Army. They also tell you that Kennesaw State and Army are not going to win the Hattiesburg Regional. So that leaves LSU or Southern Miss. Where would you rather go, Baton Rouge or Hattiesburg? Because I think I know my answer. Where would you rather go for a Super, Baton Rouge or Hattiesburg?
1: Are we talking the place or the teams or both?
2: Well, obviously you would play, play LSU and Baton Rouge, Southern Miss and Hattiesburg for the Super.
1: No, 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 I know what you mean. Like, I, I, like, are we talking about, would you, like, would, like, like atmosphere, environment, or just. No, who, who, who gives you you the best chance chance to go to the College World Series? I think they'd have a better chance of
2: beating the I do too. I absolutely, if you said, hey, what's their best pass to go to the College World Series, just go to, go to Baton Rouge, because they've, one, one, three, and quite frankly, unless Jacob Barry's back, I think Ole Miss is better than LSU. No, Southern, Ole Miss beat Southern down there, but it's a midweek game, and I actually think Southern's really good. I don't know if I think LSU's really good or not.
1: I think Southern's coming out of that regional. I'm with you there, but uh, you're right. I think my answer is definitely LSU, which what a wild thing to say. That kind of encapsulates the weirdness of the season. It's like, hey, if you're Ole Miss, if you get out of the regional, you'd much rather
2: go Alex Fox.
1: yeah. <laughs> But it is the two case. I mean, look, that pitching doesn't scary. That was really Ole Miss teed off on that. The Jacob Berry point's a good one. I don't really know what his status is, but that offense isn't nearly as uh, as potent with him um, sideline. And Can so I think it an absolutely Ole
2: Miss is. Southern Super Regional in Hattiesburg. So there would be 12,000 people at Pete Taylor Park, that I think the largest attendance ever is like seven. It may not even be that.
1: That feels like a lot of fights.
2: <laughs> it does feel like. A- So, I've always been told this, and I don't know if it's true or not, but because I've never been. I have heard that Ole Miss's game at Southern Miss is more hostile than when they go to Duty Noble.
1: I've never been to an Ole Miss-Southern Miss game. in. I haven't either. I don't think I've ever covered one, but I have been to Pete Taylor Park. And it's a lot of fans. The stadium is not huge itself. There's a lot of people seated, and I imagine this would be on steroids for a regional in the right field area with, like, trucks and stuff, and a lot of people down the sides as well. And so, like, it feels very – I imagine if that place gets super crowded, it feels very on top of you, and I could see how it could be very hostile. So, I buy into that theory. Um, and smaller ballpark, tons of people in other smaller ballpark, uh, ballpark, let the fights begin. That just feels like a lot of fights.
2: Oh, God. And, you know, the last opposing Mississippi coach that went down there for a series didn't come back. So He did not, but
1: that's because his bullpen was
2: empty. <laughs> his, his text message box wasn't.
1: No, it, it it certainly certainly was not. So, pretty favorable draw. Where do we want to go with this next? Okay, I had a couple points about this Ole Miss team. Did you see the video of them finding out today?
2: Yeah, that was cool. That um, was cool.
1: Well, it was a bunch of kids genuinely happy they get to continue to play. I I don't want to go conspiracy theory here. If
2: we knew, how did they not know? They did not know. There's no way they knew.
1: Yeah, because um, I don't think you can fake that kind of reaction. Like, I get – Well, kind of- the
2: only reason people knew was because Neil had a source tell him um, wonder who it was that that Ole Miss was in. I mean, that's they. I don't know the message board. Don't, I don't figure the kids are perusing. Rebel, no, but
1: they do have computers. Like you know, like I don't know. It seemed like word sp- I guess it was really only an hour of time, and who knows what they're doing. And I knew it.
2: I went and looked. I knew at nine thirty this morning, so I, I figured that's about when he made the message board post.
1: So that's a two-hour window from the time they find out, right? Because Ole Miss was one of the last ones announced. So that's.
2: Yeah, a, I, I knew when he obviously made the message mandatory post. So I, yeah, it's it's about an hour and a half, two hour window. Um, but it you could tell they didn't know. I mean that yeah, was that's that what was I'm not safe. Safe that's kind of interesting life. to me. Yeah, um, I wonder if Mike just like because I would be this way. I wouldn't now as a fan. I want to know, but like if I'm a coach, I just let me watch the selection show. I, I wouldn't want to know. I just let me watch it and 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 we'll see as, as it goes through.
1: That may have been the, the approach, too. I really have no idea. But I, I'm with you there. That's kind of partly why I brought it up was, one, I don't think you can fake that kind of reaction. I mean, Elko was talking about, uh, you know, like his heart stopped a little bit. And I just – I thought it was – unless they're really good actors, I thought it was genuine enough to where I don't think you can fake that. I don't think they knew. Um, and then I
2: thought – Do you remember the last time Ole Miss was on the bubble? Um, well, I guess it wouldn't be the last time. But the 2015 basketball team that got in the bracket leaked, and everybody knew they were in, but Andy Kennedy would not believe that bracket
1: I don't remember this that: you don't got remember this so on par though
2: So, so the, the bracket leaked um, if you google it, you can the the NCAA bracket leaked in 2015 I believe
1: I remember that. I can't believe that was 2015 that was that long ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, it may have leaked again. I think it leaked twice, but um it leaked. That year, and and I remember them either they wouldn't tell AK because they didn't; they were so scared what would happen if they were wrong, um, or they just, AK wouldn't believe the bracket. It was one of those two, but yeah, it leaked and it had the the first four in, and, and Ole Miss fans like realized, oh, we're in; we don't have to watch this anymore.
1: Yeah, that uh, that certainly <laughs> that did not
2: happen for. What the, do you think Mike Bianco would do for a leaked bracket?
1: Um, I just think it... <laughs> Trying to explain to him, he'd be like, "What no, leaked?" Like, well, it's out and we have it. I don't. I think he it would probably be met with some skepticism, to say the least.
2: Mike would be like, "The selection show at eleven. We will see."
1: I, I'd be yeah, no, I'd be uh, just the idea of a, a, explaining to him the process of a leak. One wouldn't be fun. I'm not. sure. I think he'd be met with uh, mass skepticism. And then two, I think they'd have to be like. Well, you can't yell at this guy. We don't know him, and he doesn't work for us. So, like, you can't yell at him, which I think would piss him off even more. So that that would be that would be. You know, it's still crazy.
2: John Gaddis still suspended. I can't. Still suspended. I'm glad you brought. He can't me. play Friday. He can't play Friday.
1: He's in that video, and he says, <laughs> "We're not done yet." And I was like, "Well, you kind of are for at least a game. I guess you." Ole Miss is guaranteed games. So, it's factually true that John Gaddis is is not done yet in his Ole Miss career. But when he said that on the video, I was like, ah, not so fast, my friend. Like, you will not be out there on Friday.
2: I wonder if they, like – so, I don't know how the logistics of this work. But I wonder if they have to submit a roster for the regional, if they can change it, get Gaddis on for somebody on Saturday. Or if they just have to, like, sacrifice the spot for Friday night.
1: I don't know this for a fact um 100% fact but I would assume they're just going to have to eat the spot. I I would assume that's the case, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Can you call Arkansas State and ask to play that game on Tuesday? Oh, hey, actually we need to reschedule this Arkansas State. It doesn't the RPI hit doesn't matter unless they want to reset yeah. this bid. Um, would you play Arkansas State for John Gaddis's eligibility on the Friday game, but if you lost said game, NC State gets in? No. <laughs> oh, the is an obvious no, but that would be a hell of a funny hypothetical.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. You're just John Gaddis gonna have to eat one. So Do you, um, hopefully hopefully there's not a need for him. Hopefully Delusia just balls.
1: Yeah, that 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 was I'm sh-
2: assuming it's Deleucia, by the way. I, I I don't know. I'm assuming it's him though.
1: I would figure it is probably Dylan Delucia as well. Um, we can get into that a little bit more um, when we do our, like, preview the regional, which we will do in much greater detail than we have today. I thought today was more so about the fact than just getting in and kind of what that – where they go from here. What – um do you make anything – like, could I make the case that they've now not played a baseball game? By the time they take the field mm-hmm. on – 10 days. Friday, that's the longest break they've had probably since the – preseason right yeah Probably. Yep. that definitely is do you put anything to the fact that it's like okay we're in we're zero and zero they kind of have a way they had a while to kind of get away from the game a little bit obviously they had practice today after it happened do you buy any stock of that that being kind of a reset for them I'm not spin zoning that uh, spin zone it's good they left Hoover early I think we covered in great detail that why that was not good for the Rebels but do you buy any stock in just having that time off and that being a reset for them
2: Dylan Delusha needed to rest. Um, Hayden Dunhurst needed to rest. Um, Hunter Elliott is going to go two weeks in a day without pitching. And I – am so, so I I run our pitchers in our high school. And, and, look, I'm an idiot when it comes to this. But I have a belief that – and some people disagree with me. Frankly, a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people just want to get their guys work and keep them on schedule. I believe every once in a while it's good to give them time off. Um and so I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that Hunter Elliott's going to get two weeks off to the day that he pitches. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that Dillon DeLoosh is going to get 10 days off. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that Hayden Dunhurst is going to get 10 days off. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that Justin Bench, who has started every game, is going to get 10 days off. Um, no, look, they needed to win that game on Tuesday, and they're, they're lucky that it didn't cost them. But, no, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. This team, I will say this. Had this team won on Tuesday, they didn't need to be there running through Hoover for seven days straight because, frankly, they just don't have the depth and there was nothing that they could have accomplished. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, no, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that this, this team gets, gets some time off after playing pretty much high-stress baseball for the past month.
1: And the last two postseason runs Ole Misses had, they haven't had – or the last three, actually, they haven't had that time off, right? They made it to Saturday last year. Last year,
2: year yeah. They made it Sunday, the two Saturday years before. 19, yeah.
1: And then they won. remember, you didn't have the postseason 20 in case you forgot about the global pandemic. The COVID. To all of us. Yeah. Uh, I hope no one out there forgot that. If, if not, I'd like to be on whatever you're on. Uh, anyway, not <laughs> the point. And in 18, they won it. So, yeah. like
2: – And then 16, they made it Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I'm not necessarily yeah, I forgot about that one too. And so I'm not necessarily saying that playing in the SEC tournament for that long worked to any of the team's detriments. Um I could no. make a case in nineteen, it may not have been the greatest thing in the world. But they, but they had to. Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Not nineteen. They had to in nineteen. Twenty-one because of you know, particularly when you lose Gunner, they were kind of low on pitching depth. And I'm not saying that's why they lost or whatever. I'm just saying that it probably could help with some rest. Our point being, they haven't had this in quite a while. And no one in, on any of these teams that is on this team has had that, even if they've played in the 19 postseason or the 21 postseason. So this is kind of a new thing. They, they've they had such deep runs in Hoover that they haven't had that time off. And I'm curious to see if that has any value from, one, arrest standpoint, but also with this group, just a a, a reset and a different mental – Uh, kind of a mental break of it as well, because large portions of this season sucked for this team. I'm not feeling bad for them. It was because of their own, you know, poor play. But I just wonder if that helped because, I don't know, they didn't have a ton to feel good about for the last two and a half months. No, they didn't.
2: And and now they do. Look, all the pressure's off. Um, There's no regional host to go play for. There's no NCAA tournament berth to go play for. What's to play for is to keep your season alive and go play in the College World Series. That was a goal before they came into this year. Um, that goal was still in front of them. They made it harder on themselves than it had to be. Um, but it's kind of we keep doing this. It's kind of like the the kid that uh the the, the kid uh, that that doesn't take his academics seriously. He uh he's he's made really well in his last few tests, and now he he, he can if he does really well in this final, he can pass the class. Um, so that, that kid another opportunity. It feels like this. For whatever reason, it feels like this team has been a life support for the past month and a half, but they, they've not kicked the can yet, so credit to them.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are different ways to passing a college class. I think most of you out there that have experienced college would probably agree with that. Uh, <laughs> it's just a hell of a lot easier for the kid that takes notes every day and sits on the front row. He's probably not necessarily as worried about passing as he is getting a B, C, whatever. Uh, it's a hell of a lot harder for the kid that's slacked off, and almost <laughs> certainly slacked off, but oh. it, it can be done, and so that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of where they're at, right? You, like you said, all the pressure's off. They have a seat in the field. And I'm just – we won't know this until after the fact, and it'll be 100% in hindsight. But I'm just curious what kind of effect that has on these guys because there's – I just – the regular season had to have worn on them. All those series – We'll know months, no
2: Friday. You know, we'll we round know Friday, day? I think.
1: Well, yeah, no, we will definitely find out Friday, and so like that had to have wear on them. Look, they're I, you know they're somewhat insulated, but I, I think they understand kind of the pressure that Mike Bianco's under in that situation. Now all of that is just can you win five games and get to the College World Series? That would eliminate all doubt. It's kind of crazy. I know I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, just what they had to do to get there. I mean, look, it's seven and fourteen. Like if I'd have told you this team had to go seven and three down the stretch to be the last team, in <laughs> I'd beg. Like, well, one, that's not happening. Um, and then, two, I guess they did it, but that was still barely enough. Really, they needed to go what eight and two um, to like feel really good about it. But they yeah. did just enough, I guess. That's all that matters. But it is kind of wild to think about that this team had to go seven and two to finish the regular season just to be in this position. Because just be honest, it's not like Tuesday helped them at all. So that's that's kind of wild. No, no. Um, yeah,
2: it's it's crazy. But but this entire season has been crazy. I'm glad. Look. I'm glad they get another shot. I'm, I'm glad Tim Elko and Kevin Graham and those guys get to – they get to go out. Look, it, it's it's different. If if someone puts you out of a regional, um, you got beat. You know, it is what it is. It's different when the NCAA selection committee says you're not good enough. Um, unfortunately, that – unfortunately, that happened to some teams today. But if you go on a field and Arizona and Miami popped you and you got to go home, then you got to go home. You're not good enough, and that's okay. But, but I am glad that they get the opportunity to either go to the college world series or someone at some point will tell them that their, their, their team's not good enough to advance. That's you can sleep a lot better at night knowing that, I think.
1: Yeah, you're right, right? They, there's no purgatory, there's no seven, six, seven day purgatory of they walked off the field in Hoover and Hoover is like, was that my last time? I don't know. Like, it's almost, it's almost better that there is certainty, I imagine, from a player standpoint, sure. and obviously, from the obvious fact that they're, you know, uh, They they have a seat. They have a chance to make it versus not having a chance to make it to the college world series. But yeah, I imagine sitting in a room, watching a television screen, finding out your season's over that way as opposed to just walking off. Um, you know, after a whatever a loss is probably the loss is probably a little bit easier to swallow than you know your last game being seven days ago and you having no idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, or one day ago and you have no idea like NC State. God, I feel awful for for those kids. Um. Especially when teams, when teams like Grand Canyon get in. Everybody does the comp to Ole Miss, and I said this, but it's like there, there's a lot worse teams in that field that, uh, than Ole Miss that NC State should have been in over.
1: So, I guess to wrap this up, the last thing I wanted to get to was the, uh, the field as a whole, just kind of go through mm-hmm. it and get your, like, thoughts on it. But the last thing is, I don't know, I, I think, like, we hit this enough, but, like, this is now just. What do they do with this chance? Like, you know what I mean? I think there's very little gray area. There is a gray area as we outlined earlier. But like now, like what do you think the mindset is as an old miss fan watching this? Uh watching this. Because I was so- I've made the case for a couple of weeks now that it's like this should be like kind of a weirdly freeing postseason. If this team goes on a run, cool, it'll be fun to watch. And if not, then you're going to get your way and you're going to get change within the program, barring a very, very specific result that granted, I guess, is it totally unlikely. But point being, it's kind of it's more black and white than it's ever been. And so I don't feel like there's mm-hmm. much, uh, there's much to dread if that makes sense.
2: So, um, and, and, and I read Rebel Grove for the first time uh, today that like, it was a hoop. last Friday. Yeah. Um, there's, there's people in, and I'm not criticizing those people that didn't want all this to make the bill because they wanted to go ahead and make a change. Um, and I, and that, that, that's their prerogative. Um, for me, it's like, Hey, look, I, I followed this program since Oh one, when Mike got here, I'm not going to root for them to lose postseason games. Um, I don't, maybe this is, and, and maybe I'm being too optimistic or, or, uh, and I don't mean this in a condescending way. So I don't hope people take it that way. I'm not going to root for Ole Miss to lose baseball games. Um, if Ole Miss makes the college world series, it might be the coach here for seven years. That's fine by me. Um, going to the college world series would be really, really cool um i i would find my way to omaha nebraska and that would be awesome so i you know outside of that happening it, it's going to look i think if they don't win this weekend that like you said there's probably going to be change. the gray areas if they lose a super regional um you know so i don't know i understand people's prerogatives and, and points that hey we just want to go ahead and make change i get that and if almost had been announced today i figured that was coming but they are um and, and they gave every opportunity to make a run. Imagine Mike Bianco, because look, I mean, we could talk about all the insulation and whatnot. He knew, right? If they didn't get in today. He was not going to be the coach. at Ole miss um, probably by this time next week. Imagine if he didn't know watching that selection show. And, and, and we've cracked a lot of Mike jokes, but imagine how miserable that had to be.
1: Oh, yeah. That would have, that, that would suck. Um, and you say this time next week, uh, by the time we were recording this, he might, he might know.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't know. I asked somebody, I was like, what's that timeline going to look like? They, they had no he idea. Had... Yeah, he's in Destin. So, I mean, now here's the thing, and I, I told this somebody yesterday, there's no rush because the guys you're going to hire are going to be playing this week. Um, so, it, it wasn't like it had to be done today, you know.
1: Well, you know, Mike's not always the coolest tempered guy. Do you think Keith was like, hey, I'm at the beach. Can you go in there and tell him? <laughs> Who's he sending in there? <laughs> I couldn't even begin to guess.
2: I can't. <laughs> You think if you could call Ross and be like, hey, you want to go do this?
1: Yeah, like, hey, like, yeah, we're both in Destin. You almost did it. Yeah, they they might both be in Destin. You could just be like, hey, you want to do this on speaker? <laughs> he worked for both of us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could you tell Ross, you're the reason I got to pay him $7 million. Uh <laughs> I'm kidding. It's it's three million before I get crucified for that.
1: Uh yeah, that that, that would be uh you could do a lot of fun hypotheticals with that. Real quick though, before we get out of here, because we are going to uh preview the regional in greater depth. Sure. What do you make of like the draw itself? Arizona, Ole Miss has some familiarity with both mm-hmm. pitchers. They will this is they, not Arizona from last year. They present to us Garrett Irvin, which is the kid that they beat uh, they hit around pretty good in game two in their win. That was the game that Casey started. And then TJ Nichols was the guy that came in in game three, and now Ole Miss lost that game 16-3, to four-run seventh inning pretty much into the game. But that Nichols kid did kind of shut them down and, like, never really let them even try to regain their footing. He was pretty good. Yep. But there is some familiarity there. Arizona was a you know, top-four-ish pitching staff in the league and just a good enough offense. They were just kind of steadily – um, solid. Uh, I thought they had an okay year. They did lose their last yeah. two series. Looks like they struggled on the road in conference play a decent bit. Not the scariest two seed in the world. And then I don't know Miami. They just were pretty good. They, their numbers, good. From a team standpoint, don't blow you away. But they just won yeah. a ton of games.
2: Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of uh, similar to Auburn in a way. They just win. Um, statistically, they're not going to blow you away, but they they know how to win baseball games, and that counts. That that counts for something. Winning baseball games. Um, So, no, there's not going to be the guy that gets the ball from Miami if Ole Misses to play them. And, and obviously, they would have to get through Arizona first um, in some form or fashion. Um, There's not the guy from Miami that's going to scare you. Their closure is really, really good. He's unhittable. So, if you're down late, um, probably going to be a little bit of trouble. But, uh, no, look, it's it's not an unwinnable regional. There are some unwinnable regionals. Good luck to whoever's going to Tennessee. Um, I don't know who you are, but you're not winning it. You know, but – this this is not one of them. Um, had Ole Miss gone to Stanford or Oregon State, I would have said the same thing. But but Ole Miss has a shot. Now am I projecting them? I'm not. Um, I'm sure we'll make our picks as to who will win the regional. Um, when We record Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not I'm not sure I'm going to pick Ole Miss. If I'm honest, um, frankly I don't think I am. But they have a shot, and and I've been wrong before on this team, and I'll I'll be very happy if I'm wrong again.
1: Absolutely. It's probably a one-week uh, kind of putting off the inevitable. But, hey, they got a chance, so we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Uh, we will make our picks on Wednesday or whatever when we preview the, pre- the regional. But let's just run through them all real quick, just get initial thoughts on it. Knoxville Regional, Campbell, Georgia Tech, okay, um, Alabama State, and Tennessee. Congrats to the Vols.
2: Yeah. Uh, congrats to everybody else for making the postseason. It ends in Knoxville.
1: Statesboro. I think this is the first time Georgia Southern is hosting. I might have that Greensboro, Texas Tech, Notre Dame. They did not do them any favors.
2: Wait, what? Oh. UNC yeah, Greensboro think, is the four,
1: uh, and then Texas Tech and Notre Dame the two and the three. That's Greensboro, a can, Southern. Greensboro can
2: play. Um, I actually watched them twice this week. They can play. Um, and then Notre Dame is going to win that regional. So, um, congrats on hosting, I guess. Austin Regional, Texas gets
1: Air Force, DBU, and La Tech. Um, that's not the, soft. Yeah, that's not the toughest regional by any stretch because you're getting – Tech, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not bad at all. That's a soft regional, um, Greenville Regional, Greenville, North Carolina, or, no, that, the ESPN has this wrong. That's Greenville, North Carolina. Do not slander yeah. the Greenville.
2: Yeah, um, I, I'll say t- I will say this. I, I, uh, it is it's Louisiana Tech, right, in, in Austin. Yes, Law Tech, Louisiana Tech's not bad. So they they make it screw with uh with Tech uh, or excuse me with Texas, but but outside of that, that's bad. does the Air Force have no shot.
1: East Carolina, top eight national seed for the first time. They get compensated. That State was
2: unexpected. For good for them.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, they have the most uh, appearances in the NCAA tournament without ever going to Omaha. Uh, Cliff
2: goes of- to Omaha this year. Calling it, calling it. Cliff goes to the College World Series.
1: I like that. Um, and if he didn't, would if Ole Miss hired the guy that came from the program with the most appearances without a College World Series? Thoughts? That'd be a good headline. Uh,
2: I don't <laughs> think that's where they'd go. But I think it is too, either.
1: For the record, uh, mostly just trying to rile the people up out there. College Station, Oral Roberts, Louisiana, ULL, and uh, TCU.
2: Yes, please call them ULL. That is their name.
1: Um, They had some fun with this. Yeah, a little
2: storyline there, huh?
1: Yeah, I don't think that was an accident. (laughs) They had had fun with a couple places. Yeah, that was not an accident. Um, What do we got? Louisville Regional, SEMO, Michigan, and Oregon. I really don't know what to make of that at all. That doesn't seem Power programs there, huh? Yeah, geez. Um, um, Louisville will win it. I don't, I don't think much. Louisville's good. Gainesville Regional. How about Florida playing their way into a host? Um, yeah. yeah. They, they, they were left for dead before they showed up to Starkville, and that kind of sparked that run. Um, Central mm-hmm. Michigan, Oklahoma, and Liberty.
2: Oklahoma's going to come out of that.
1: Interesting. Yeah, they are pretty good. Uh, let's see. Blacksburg Regional, you get Columbia. Speaking
2: of really good.
1: No, excuse me, is the three. Uh three or
2: Columbia's a two. That's not no surely they're the three. Who's the yeah, who's three. the other it's,
1: team? It's Gonzaga, Columbia, and right.
2: Yeah, Gonzaga's the two. Yeah. Um Virginia Tech is the second best team in the country.
1: Yeah, they are really, really good. Um They
2: hit. Who's that matched with again?
1: They uh that is matched with I actually Florida. That. Florida. That's exactly yeah,
2: that's exactly they're not gonna have any issue getting to all the
1: Palo Alto regional. Stanford gets Binghampton, and then Santa Barbara and Texas State are the two and the three. Sneaky
2: Texas. tough regional there.
1: Yeah, that is a sneaky tough regional. Uh, Texas State's really good.
2: Yeah. Stanford will get through it, but they'll have to earn it. That's matched with Maryland, who stinks.
1: Yes, and that's the next one. Maryland is hosting. They get uh, Long Island, I think is who that is, and yeah, then Wake.
2: Wake wins that.
1: That's a soft one as well. Chapel Hill Regional, you get VCU, Georgia, and Hofstra. Um, I wouldn't be thrilled about having Georgia as the two.
2: No, it depends on if they hold Cannon, and, and you should. If you're Georgia, you, you hold Cannon against VCU, and you just pray that somebody gets you through it because you need Cannon to do your best path to go in two and 2-0 two and o is having him pitch against North Carolina.
1: Stillwater Regional, you get Oklahoma State, Missouri State, and then your two is Arkansas,
2: and the three is Grand Canyon. So, a lot of people are going to do the thing where it's like, man, I sure would hate to have Arkansas by my two. I get it. Something's like, wrong. Seen Ar- have you seen Arkansas play lately? Apparently – you- did you see the guy from Arkansas just berate the poor catcher? Uh, no, I missed this. What happened? Oh, my God. So, uh, you need to actually go look at uh, – the reason I saw it was because Ben Van Cleave, uh, uh quote tweeted it. Um he just like this radio guy um, on a pod, or he was on the radio, but it got saved in podcast form. Just goes off on this poor catcher, like calls him just a stupid ass and like a rental player, and like I, it was bad um, to the point. Like Arkansas's baseball Twitter account dressed it. It was it was really really bad um, stuff that I don't know how you say about a twenty year old kid. Um, but oh, yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm going to
1: listen to this afterward, obviously. But I, I'm seeing it now. i just seeing the base level. Look. This is the type of thing where I always remind people that these – I'm not a big – like. I don't think it's a profound take when people go on social media and say these guys are humans. Like, no shit, they're humans. Um, there's a difference between analysis and then just, like, berating kids, particularly kids. Like, they, they, I wouldn't love this if this guy played for the San Francisco Giants or something, um, but yeah. that's the grown man making millions of dollars. These kids aren't getting paid, uh, or at least not not on the same level. Hell,
2: some of them are paying.
1: Yeah. So, gee, that, that's – Awful. That guy's probably – I haven't listened to it yet, but that guy probably gets canned.
2: I would hope so. Um, But, yeah. No, Arkansas's not playing well right now, so I think Oklahoma State comes through that one.
1: Uh, I'm I'm with you there. Man, Arkansas, do you think – so they had lost two of three the weekend before at A&M before they played Ole Miss. I – could you uh, – hindsight's 20-20. Could you see the seeds of this when they played Ole Miss? Because they won that series, I know, but I didn't think they played very well at all. I mean, if it wasn't for Tiger and Ole is just terrible uh, situational hitting, Ole Miss could have swept that series. Would have, should have, could have. But, like, I just felt like the seeds of that brewing, uh watching them for three games against Ole Miss, I was like, this team just doesn't look very good.
2: Um, <laughs> Uh. so – People, I I don't know. I just got sent this in the text message. Um said people cope their own way. Old Miss Coach Mike Bianco said he found himself getting frustrated at random teams he'd never seen play. Uh so I guess somebody quote I don't know if they had a media op today or how that works, but I guess he, he said and I I guess I could be making that up because I just got it in a text message, but I don't think I am. Um that is kind of funny because I would get frustrated watching teams play too. Like I did, I got so mad at Georgia Southern yesterday. This is 'Cause they blew a five run lead and let Louisiana Lafayette take their uh, regional spot. So I, I I kinda find it funny that me and Mike were doing the same things yesterday. Yeah,
1: I I could I, I would actually like to see a camera of that. Mike just watching the <laughs> game games he has it you know you're just getting frustrated by it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I, some of the bad things that had to have been like, Oh, that reminds me of us. Um, <laughs> that is uh, Oh we that do that, that too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I imagine there was some of that in there as well. Um, Auburn, fourteen. They get C. Lot as the four, and then FSU and UCLA as the two and the three. I think I said that backwards, but um, that's not the easiest regional.
2: No, no, not at all. No, that's no, 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 not at all. Ole Miss lost to C. Lot. That that game feels like eight. Yeah, ago. yeah, they did lose to C. Lot somehow. Um, I think. Auburn wins it, but I'll have to look a little bit more. That that'll be tough.
1: Corvallis, Oregon State gets Vandy. That's kind of a tough draw for them. Even though, I don't think Vandy's the same. Vandy, New Mexico State is the four, and then San Diego is the two.
2: Yeah, if if Vandy uh, holds Holton, um, they can beat Oregon State. And and if I'm them, I do. Um, but if they don't, they're, they're not getting through that. If they think they have to throw Holton against uh, San Diego, then they're probably toast.
1: That's, uh, that's all the regionals. That's pretty much all we've got on the docket for today. I appreciate the time as always. This is a fun time of year. Like I would have watched the, uh, the NCAA baseball. I think the NCAA, the soup, the Friday of regionals and the Friday of supers are one of the two Uh most, most underrated sports days of the year. There's always chaos. There's baseball on from the morning till late at night. It's just good stuff to watch. Um, But, you know, having Ole Miss in there certainly makes it more interesting. And uh, at least you got one more week to kind of have a – for all of you out there listening, have a vested interest in one team uh, out of the 64. That's pretty much all I got.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's a a good way to put it. Look, you didn't know if they were going to get in, and and credit to them, they did. I'm trying to actually uh, pull up odds to win the College World Series, but I'm not seeing Ole Misses. What do you think Tennessees are? Oh, there's Ole Miss.
1: Um,
2: For reference, I'll give you the second uh, team is Oregon State plus nine hundred. They are the uh, second high or lowest odds. Plus three hundred. Plus
1: two
2: hundred and fifty. That's absurd. That is ridiculous. Ole this is plus six thousand five hundred. By
1: the way, I would not throw a flyer on that. But hey, I would not. I can't tell people do it, what to do with their money either. I would not personally throw a flyer on that.
2: LSU third high or excuse me. One, two, three, fifth three. Fifth highest odds. Wow, I would, I, I would like to just bet against LSU winning the national title. How do I do that? I don't know. We'll have to check with the guys at Skybox and see if we can get you a tough with the, uh,
1: with the play there. But um, fun time of the year, dude. We'll be back uh, early, uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday, previewing the regional with the opponents in Greater Des But But uh, I appreciate sure. it, and uh, we'll holler at you on Wednesday. All right. Sounds good, my man. All right. That is our show. I appreciate you making it to the end. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We'll be back on Wednesday or Thursday to preview Arizona, uh, Miami, and probably some Kinesis as well. Give whatever their mascot is some love. Um, So we'll be back with a in-depth regional preview on Thursday as the Rebels get prepared for the Coral Gables regional as the three seed. So we'll be back at it. We'll make picks, all kinds of great stuff. Great time of the year. Love college baseball. And, uh, this is the uh, peak of the season. It'll be a fun couple couple days ahead. So appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you on probably Thursday.